It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti back with you after some time off. Hope you guys had a good Memorial Day weekend. As we are wrapping up the month of May, it's hard to believe already that June is right around the corner. We are knee-deep in OTAs, and that means training camp is right around the corner. It's almost summer. So hope you guys are having a good one. Uh, We've got some stuff to catch up on, so let's take some time to talk a little bit, shall we? Let's first talk, of course, about the new owner of the Carolina Panthers. We had... Talked, of course, about David Tepper and talked about the road or kind of the path that was basically leading to him becoming the owner and the sale. The sale was pretty much approved the week before the owners meetings at the spring league meeting. And then the owners, of course, met and it was, I believe, a unanimous decision by the owners approving the sale so now david tepper the billionaire hedge fund manager is now officially the new owner of the carolina panthers of course tepper as we had talked about was previously a minority shareholder in the Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, he had to, I don't know if he has or eventually will, but eventually he is going to share his stock in the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, obviously that only makes sense. You'd only be causing kind of a conflict of interest if you were to keep the shares in both teams. But obviously his main focus now is on the Panthers. Uh, we've talked. I think we've talked to about um, just his value in general, because it also notes that uh, he's project he's worth about eleven billion dollars, or his net worth is about eleven billion dollars, uh, according to Forbes, and he's going to pay almost two point three billion dollars. And what's interesting about that number, of course, is about I think two billion of that was straight cash. As Randy Moss would say, straight cash, homie. I mean, that's just unbelievable. I mean, just the fact that he has $2 billion just lying around to buy an NFL team. I mean, I I wish I could just pull out $2 billion and say, here you go. I want to be an NFL owner. But that's that's just crazy. But obviously, that was a key factor because there was – um, it, it wasn't the highest bid, of course. Um, I believe that was, I believe it was Ben Navarro, because he had Ben Navarro and Alan Kestenbaum were also battling for ownership of the team. But the fact that Tepper was able to give so much in cash up front really seemed to be the the main factor, the the key factor in pushing him to the forefront 
and uh, becoming the owner of the Panthers. Obviously, the fact that he was involved with the Steelers also helped. He already had ties to football, whereas the other owners, this would have been their first go in professional football. So Tepper certainly had the leg up kind of from the get-go after it was announced that the team was going to be on sale. And um, again, the the deal was... The deal was pretty much agreed to uh, the week before the spring league meeting. Spring league meeting, excuse me, and the owners again uh, approved the deal at the at the league meeting. Uh, but the deal won't be finalized uh, until July, according to NFL Network's Judy Batista. Uh, and one of the one of the big th- quotes that he had from his introductory press conference. He says, the first thing I care about is winning. The second thing I care about is winning. The third thing I care about is winning. You know, he's he certainly, he's certainly saying the right things. And what's interesting too is, um, you know, if, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he was also talking about, how how his father abused him when he as he was making his well actually it wasn't during his introductory press conference I'm, let, let me step back a second um, he gave the commencement speech at Carnegie Carnegie Mellon University where he earned his MBA in 1982 and he talked about how effectively his father abused him he said uh, he was physically abusive to me I'm sure it was a cycle that he got from his father and his father got from his father in my young life there was nothing more terrifying there was no greater adversity but I prayed to God that I would never be the same to my children now here he is, 60 years old, and he's now an NFL owner. He's actually the uh, most paid, is the most money ever spent to buy a uh, North American sports franchise. The previous, I believe, was the Pagulas buying the Buffalo Bills for a little under $2 billion, I believe it was. Because obviously, obviously, you don't see too much, too many people paying two billion dollars. The only one that I can recall off the top of my head is the sale of the Los Angeles Clippers, and you know we all know that mess and how that went down. But that's the only one. It could be. I. I mean, I, I think the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers were up there as well. I'm actually gonna look it up quick, but I believe I want to say the the uh, the Dodgers were up there. But let's see. So oh, but interesting. An article. I just found an article. I mean, the numbers are very close, but 
I did find an article here. Now it's a site, granted, I've never heard of, CheatSheet.com, uh, listing the top sports franchises selling amounts. But the number one that they have on here, and this does include the Panthers. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, off the top of my head, obviously I must have forgotten this. But the Brooklyn Nets, 2017, um, Joe Tsai, co-founder of the Chinese e-commerce company Alibaba Group Holding, bought a 49% minority stake from Mikhail Prokhorov for $2.3 billion. So the Panther sale was obviously pretty high up there. And then, what was it? Oh, yeah, the Rockets were sold for over $2 billion. And then the Clippers were sold for $2 billion, as were the Dodgers. Yep. I, I, I had a feeling, I thought I remember seeing the Dodgers were up there uh, in the ownership group that included Magic Johnson. But it just goes to show that there have only been a handful of times now, and they've all been very recently, that an NFL or that they, uh, a sports franchise has been sold for two billion dollars. And so now, obviously, the Panthers are the Panthers are among that group. Very interestingly enough. And the key factor, or the key, the key thing that Tepper said, out of everything else he said, is that the Panthers are going to stay in Carolina. There was some rumblings that if one of the other owners would have become, or what if one of the other prospects would have become the owner of the Panthers, that there was a possibility that the Panthers were going to leave Charlotte. David Tepper made it loud and clear that that is not going to happen. He said the name of the team is the Carolina Panthers, and it is going to stay the Carolina Panthers. So obviously, all the fans in Charlotte have to be have to be very excited about that. Before we continue on, let's talk about sex. I know it sounds very random, but let's talk about sex. You know, guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go. You know, you're excited, just raring and ready. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Got a site from BlueChew.com. That's B-L-U-E, like the color blue, Chew, C-H-E-W.com. Brings you the first chewable that actually has the same approved ingredients from the FDA as Viagra and Cialis. So, very, very interesting, very, very good product right here, uh, and you can take them anytime. You know, it doesn't have to be early in the day, it can be whenever you want, you can even take it on a full stomach. You know, you don't have to take it before you eat or anything like that, you can take it whenever you want, and they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready to go. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no, no waiting for a specialized box. It's a plain old box, so the awkwardness is out of the way. 
and they're made right here in the USA and they ship direct so they're even cheaper than a pharmacy so right now we've got a special deal for all our listeners visit bluechew.com again that's b-l-u-e-c-h-e-w.com and get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code which is locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n use that code and you get your first shipment for free you just have to pay five dollars in shipping Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring our podcast. Let's talk now about... If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And let's catch up a little bit with the OTAs. We'll go quick and see what some of the some of the writers have observed over the past couple of weeks at OTAs. So Brian Strickland over at Panthers.com put some of his OTAs observations from the first week. And one of the things he mentioned was about Curtis Samuel, who of course is trying to come back from that ankle injury that really limited his rookie season. He's still kind of working his way back. Uh, but it looked like he was out there running well, and Ron Rivera says he's moving well, going to increase his workload as he goes through. So, you know, definitely a good sign there to see that Curtis Samuel is getting a little more, uh, little more involved in practice, and hopefully he can kind of carve something out because, um, in fact, Jordan Rodriguez – Jordan Rodriguez wrote a wrote an article involving the wide receivers, in, including Curtis Samuel, and she made a good point that um, that five of the six wide receiver spots are effectively set. Figure obviously, first round pick DJ Moore is in tow. Uh, Devin Funchess certainly is in tow. Tory Smith is probably in tow. So you have Smith, Funchess, DJ Moore, Demir Bird is probably in, and possibly Jarius Wright. So. Fair to, fair to say that those five are probably good bets to make the roster. So it's a mat, you know, because you, you really can't even say, you know, Curtis Samuel certainly has to work his way back up. So, you know, are they going to keep six receivers? 
Should be interesting. Now, a note on Demir Bird. Uh, he was another mention on the observations from Strickland. Noting that he made several impressive catches. Um, mentioned both him and Austin Duke out of Charlotte. And sticking with the receivers, says DJ Moore picked up right where he left off at rookie minicamp. So you certainly have to feel good now uh, about the receivers. Obviously, DJ Moore, we've talked about how impressive he's going to be. And really the whole rookies, it seems like the rookie group as a whole look like they're going to be pretty good. They've talked about how Dante Jackson got some time on the outside. Dante Jackson got an extended look with the first team at outside cornerback. And Captain Munnerlin continues to be the first option at nickel. So you have to figure Dante Jackson is probably going to get a good shot to be the opposite cornerback with James Bradbury. And you kind of figured that even after the pick was made. Uh, so it's good to see him already getting some looks there. We'll certainly see how, how things go after or as training camp arrives and we go through camp and the the uh the preseason uh he noted from well actually this was max henson's observations from yesterday so the second week and one highlight i'm looking at is about the guard rotation where Taylor Moten got first-team reps at both left and right guard, as did Mini Silatolu and Jeremiah Serlis. You figured it was going to be kind of a merry-go-round in terms of who's going to get reps, who's going to get chances, you know, with Andrew Norwell being gone. Really interesting. Interesting, though, to see Moten getting reps at left and right guard, giving him a little bit of experience at both. You know, I, I still would like to see him get a crack at it and kind of see what he can do. He obviously spent some time there inside last year, so I think he definitely is capable of playing at left guard. So really, really will be interesting. That That's going to be one of the more intriguing battles in training camp is the left guard spot. Uh, Curtis Samuel again continues to improve and get more works, so that's good. And another interesting note is about the the quarterbacks, particularly the backup quarterback spot, in which Ron Rivera said that he thinks the number two guy will come from the current group that they have right now, which, of course, is Garrett Gilbert, Taylor Heineke, and Kyle Allen, the undrafted free agent out of Houston. So if that's the case, then you have to figure Gilbert is probably the favorite. He is the incumbent. Uh, Heineke, of course, has jumped around with teams. He does have starting experience, though. Remember... After all the injuries that the Houston Texans suffered at quarterback last year,
Heineke ended up coming in and starting for the Texans on Christmas against the Steelers. So at least he has that going for him. So it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see what, uh, what goes on there between those three. Uh, he also mentions that Ross Cockrell, the free agent signing, if I'm reading this right, says still waiting for his opportunity with the first team. So if I'm reading that right, he hasn't even gotten any first team reps. So that tells you early on that Dante Jackson is probably the favorite at this point for the for the second cornerback spot. And as we said earlier, Captain Munnerlyn has been getting work as the nickel. So really interesting there. I mean, I th you're probably going to end up with – you very well could end up with three rookie starters out of this draft class. You've got obviously DJ Moore at receiver. And you could very well be looking at both – Dante Jackson and Rashawn Golden, both starting in the secondary. And then Ian Thomas will certainly get sprinkled in there as well as the second tight end. So, again, you know, and obviously OTAs, you know, you get a little bit of notes, but... Um, once we get to training camp, we'll certainly learn a lot more. And uh, again, very, really intrigued, really excited to see what goes on here. So, should be should be a fun off season and leading into the preseason. You know, I think this is still a still a very solid team. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You know, one of the questions certainly that will be answered is, what will, what will they do at linebacker, at least for the first four games, to cover the loss of... Thomas Davis, you know, I'm sure they'll sprinkle something and, you know, create something that, that'll kind of, I guess, save themselves as it were, you know, but that definitely will be, will be fun to watch. So that's a little bit of a catch up here, you know, with, uh, with David Tepper and some notes from Panthers OTAs. So with that, I think we'll wrap things up here. Uh, as always, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Really do appreciate it. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Rossetti. That's R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. -T -T -E. And until next time. You've been listening to the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. But for this particular day, I am out, 
and we'll see you next time right here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.